Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Hello, hello. What's up, everyone? Hello, everybody. I'm Jake. I'm Mitchell. (laughs) And (laughs) this is the Fox Den Film Club. Uh, this is episode two of a little podcast we're doing. Um, I'd say primarily Mitchell's idea, where basically we show each other a movie over the course of a week, and then we show each other a movie that has, you know, the answer to a particular prompt. And yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. Essentially, yeah. uh, we both agree on a prompt, and we each choose a movie without, and then we, re- we reveal the movie we chose at the exact same time. Uh, yeah yeah and so for example yeah. for example this week's prompt is show me a film to watch on a first date spicy spicy <laughs> a little i mean you know valentine's day is coming up as of the time of this recording you know love is in the air it's getting a little spicy you know you gotta gotta have a nice uh flick to settle down with your significant other too or for real your potential yeah. significant other, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we both had very, I feel like we both kind of selected very different films We this did, time. we did. And, you know, I think that's what's so exciting about this podcast for me is that you and I interpret these prompts, like, completely differently. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, last, last week was uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and um, Being John Malkovich, and the prompt was... Um, Show me a film you you wish you watched in high school. And those films are, I mean, Mitchell was able to come up with some pretty cool similarities, but 
That's what I'm saying. I was able to filibust some like high school essay bullshit. Just (laughs) (laughs) some college admissions essay bullshit. Being like, well, they both have performances in them. (laughs) (laughs) Never, rarely, sometimes, always is a movie from 2020. Uh, And that's it. (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean, I told my girlfriend your selection, and she was like, why is that his date? movie so i'm excited for you to explain that oh interesting it'll also be interesting to hear because you 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 and uh katie katie is his girlfriend um how long have you guys been dating uh a little over a year yeah okay yeah so mitchell's uh betrothed not actually engaged but he's (laughs) in a relationship at the moment i am not but yeah so as you no doubt have guessed um our two films one of which is shiva baby but Let's start off talking about Mitchell's pick for a film to watch on a first date. Yes. So surprisingly enough, I've actually never watched this film on a first date. But, <laughs> but you would like to? You think it would be a good I idea think it, too? I think it's a good one for the for other people to use on a first date, even myself. I think I would do it too. Um, but yeah, I chose Paris Chatame. It came out in 2006. It's got a boatload of different directors on it. Um, mm, it's, it's a series of... Uh, what 18 short films all by yeah a bunch yeah. of famous directors um olivier Assaye, uh who did personal shopper cloud sills maria um mm-hmm. it's got it's a lot uh, of talent. The Co- yeah it's got the cohen brothers <laughs> you know the fucking cohen brothers raising arizona um most recently joel i believe cohen did tragedy of macbeth which is really cool um, they need and to figure he, out their names on their movies. Sometimes it's the Cohen brothers. Sometimes it's Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> Ethan's name is first. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I wonder if there's like a secret <laughs> meaning behind doing that. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talent here. Um, I'll quickly read the letterbox description. Yeah. Um, what do they call this line at the top here? You know, so it kind of says, I don't know what, what to call it, but. Oh, the tagline. The tagline. There it is. The tagline says, fall in love with Paris 18 times, maybe. 18 Uh, times? That's (laughs) a lot of times. These directors' names fully. Like the first one, Oliver Olivier Assaye. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Gus Van Sant, Wes Craven, Mm -hmm. Alfonso Cuaron, and uh, are among 20 distinguished directors who contribute to the collection of 18 stories, each exploring a different aspect of Parisian life. The colorful characters in this drama include a pair of mimes, a husband trying to choose between his wife and his lover, and a married man who turns to a prostitute for advice. Spicy. It is very spicy. So I think I saw this film first, I think in maybe 2019. Um, and it was nice to revisit it and watch it again because a lot of the short films I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I did. I chose the selection because it hits every aspect of love. I mean, you got hmm. relationships. You got people that are like in love with strangers that they just meet for the first time while they're dying. You got like <laughs> you got like missed opportunities. You got like people loving life there's so many different aspects that are being hit here yeah you uh, the, even the love between a mother and a child where she's like singing to the kid yeah um, so you know you got romantic love you've got you know familial love you got the meet cutes you've got the breakups mm-hmm. you got everything before after and in between 
Yeah, and it's a French film, so with it being French, it's like one of the most romantic languages that also <laughs> kind of, on that date night, kind of fills the air. A like, hey, romance. baby, you want to watch a French film? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing as well is it's, it is an anthology, so if it is a film where you're like, if you're both not feeling one of the short films, you have some time to talk, you have some time to make out, you have some time to okay. really get to know each other and... Then once an interesting one comes on, one that you both find more interesting, you can sit down and watch that together. I oh, think it's like a very casual viewing film. Yeah. That's totally true. That's totally I, I totally didn't consider that. Um, well, speaking of which, um, of the 18 little vignettes that make up this movie, is there one or two in particular that you would prefer to uh, do something else during? um yeah so there's one that is really freaking weird that's like there's not a lot of dialogue and it's like people like oh, man i wish i could describe it better but also the first one isn't very good either it's the guy with the he's in a car and he kind of gets locked in oh locked yeah, in. yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, wait 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 so uh hold on just which which one is it that uh you're not a fan of the first one you mentioned uh, let me look up on Wikipedia real quick, because that's where I found all of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well just de- describe it to me. Um, I believe they're just kind of like walking in like a a marketplace or something like that. Oh, is it the one with uh, the older guy and his daughter? And at the end, uh, he's like he like keeps smoking, and she keeps yelling at him, and she's yelling at him for not speaking English. Or not speaking French. No, it's not that one. Oh, man. Hold on, hold on. Okay, good, because that was Alfonso Cuaron, and I love Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, the dialogue list, yeah, this is it. Uh, this one is called Quartier de la Madeleine. <laughs> In this dialogue list <laughs> segment, <de> Madeleine. <laughs> a young backpacker traveling late at night stumbles across a court. Wait, no, this isn't it. That's the vampire one. Hold on. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I, did, I was not a fan of the vampire one, personally. Um, I mean, you know, I'm all for a little bit of comedic relief, all for a little bit of levity. I know, mm-hmm. you know, romantic movies, movies about love and they can, you know, they can get pretty heavy, but I was still, I was not a fan of the Okay, I, found, I finally found the one, my least favorite one. It's okay. directed by Christopher Doyle. Okay. And it is a comedy in which a beauty product salesman makes a call on a Chinatown salon. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, that one I kind of, I don't know, that one, I feel like it flew over my head or, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't totally understand it. Yeah, it didn't really catch my attention very well. Also, I wasn't a fan of the Spanish lullaby, that one as well, where it's just like, I don't know, it just wasn't that interesting. It's kind of just like a babysitter yeah, or the that, mother. Yeah, yeah, that one, um, I, I think that would have worked uh, perfectly fine had it been like a third as long, just because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I feel like the editing on that was like really drawn out as if almost to hit a certain uh, time mark. But yeah, I feel you. Um, I didn't yeah. mind that one. My, uh, yeah, as I said, my my least favorite was the vampire one. I wasn't super huge on it, but oh hey, my gosh, what? Yeah, I don't know. It just it felt out of place. Um, How often and... do you get to see a film where Elijah Wood becomes a vampire, <laughs> and then Elijah you also Wood, have Will I do Defoe have to on a horse. I do have to say, Elijah Wood, very nice person in person. I met him once. Oh, really? Yeah, he used to work at a pizza place here in LA called uh, Triple Beam, and he was a regular there, and he was always very very kind. Oh, that's sick. Yes. Yeah. Nice. But unfortunately, Elijah, I was not huge on the vampire scene. 
You should have had like ketchup packets <laughs> and fake teeth and just like ah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, Wow, the first person to see me and not go, Hey Frodo <laughs> And instead of Frodo be like, Yo, you're the vampire from Paijatim. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but uh my favorite um which is actually pretty interesting or maybe not my favorite but one of my favorites um which is interesting because mitchell kind of wrote out a little list of which ones he liked the most um Mm -hmm. and one of my favorites was not on there it was the one with the middle-aged ish woman who spoke french with a very terrible american accent and went on a solo trip to paris Oh, oh yeah okay that one's really good that's one of the last ones Is yeah the last one of, one they show? yeah no and it's just i don't know it's got that kind of it's got kind of got that unique brand of like okay we're almost kind of poking fun at that at this character but she's still you know going through i don't want to spoil too much but you it, know it's a character yeah. that you can both poke fun at but also relate to but you also kind of envy in a way. It's just, it's a very, I don't know. I found her to be like a very well-rounded character. Very like love yourself character. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, love yourself, but don't be, you know, too fucking serious about it. You know what I mean? Like poke fun at yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just a hilarious quirk to have, you know, a thoroughly American woman with a terrible, like, Jay Sweet, whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just a hilarious quirk to have for a character in a movie like this. Um, yeah. So I really like that one. Uh, one that we both dug, that we both agree on, is a Gus Van Sant's um, contribution, where um, there are these two dudes in like a paint shop. And, oh my god, um, that one is so good. I know, I know. <laughs> and like one of the dude, actually, I, I don't want to say anymore because that would actually kind of spoil I it. I can read the description. I don't think it really spoils it. But oh, a young yeah. male customer finds himself attracted to a young print shop worker and tries to explain that he believes the man is his soulmate, not mm. realizing that the other guy speaks little French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I love it. Um, it's done very well. It's very, it's very Gus Von Sant. Which was, you know, something I found interesting about this movie is that like all of these short films are just very, very um, indicative of their director's particular styles. Um, mm-hmm. None of the directors really, or at least that I know of, um, were really trying to, you know, like water their shit down or homogenize it all. Like, you know, the Coen Brothers skit is so fucking Coen Brothers. It's so funny, even going <laughs> as far as to star Steve Buscemi. Yeah, um, and you know Olivier Saez, his is just so fucking visually his. He's um, just flipping through the book, and it's like, do not make eye contact. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, are you looking at me? Yeah, and it's like so thoroughly like a comedy. Whereas yeah. you know, like some of the other skits are pretty fucking sad. Some of oh them, my gosh, yeah. some of Victory them are like. Square. Oh, with the cowboy? Yeah. 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 No, fuck it. Yeah, with Willem Dafoe and Juliette Binoche. Yeah. yeah oh my so gosh. it's like, you know, it's it was cool to see like that this wasn't you know, all these directors were kind of allowed to do their own thing rather than, you know, fall within the confines of an assignment like this. And I think that's where the film gets a lot of hate is like you only you obviously every person's so different with their taste. Mm-hmm. You're only gonna like so many of them on here. Like the ones that you're your favorite aren't my favorite, vice versa. So it's exactly. like every person who watches this, there's going to be you're probably only gonna end up liking half of them. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, that's kind of why I liked it so much, just because yeah. you know, that's kind of what a city is like, you know? It's just 
I mean, Paris especially, I I haven't been personally, but I imagine, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very diverse place, you know, both, you know, socially and economically and geographically and fucking architecturally. Like, like you know, it's like any cities like that. There's just going to be, there's just, it's cities are just a place where you go and you realize like, there's just so much more to the world than you. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it, if you're going to try to make a movie that's essentially about a city, um, you know, just including all these wildly different perspectives with wildly different filmmaking just kind of is the best way to do it. Yeah. I think my like all time favorite, I even watch the film every now and then on YouTube because it's only like three minutes, was Faubourg Saint Denis. I think that's how it's pronounced, at least. <laughs> um, Probably like Fabu Saint Denis or something yeah. like that. Uh, which one is that? It's got Natalie Portman in it. Oh, it's yep, yep, yep. The one with a lot of time lapses. It's mm. like one of the, oh my gosh, it's just such a good story. Yeah, no, that's a very, it's a very visually, uh, involved very visually striking one um if you've seen any sort of you know promotion or any screenshots from this movie you've probably seen natalie portman in it Um, yeah i think it's probably the most popular one in the film yeah i mean Um, i that that was one of the things i knew about this movie going into it It was like okay it's about france and there's a bunch of people directing it and i know natalie portman's in it yeah Um, (laughs) it's just you know it's like almost like one of those selling points but it's cool because they didn't try and like you know, use this movie as like a vehicle for her. Cause you know, at the time, you know, 2006, it's fucking Natalie Portman. She's the shit. Um, yeah. They didn't treat her any differently or put her on any sort of like a higher pedestal for being Natalie Portman. For real. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about most of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know yes. if there were other ones you wanted to discuss. Um, I mean, I love Gus von Sanz. I loved the one with the American speaking terrible French. Actually, not terrible yeah. French, just with a terrible accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alexander Payne's one. Um, yeah, no, I think it was it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. I'd love to see, you know, more movies like this, just because you know it's so fucking, it's so fucking cool just to see directors, you know, have fun and just make these little kind of lower stakes shorts and try different things and hey man yeah, no, if this I, shit's still going on i got anthologies up the butt right? oh dude you're gonna we have to give me some fucking cigarettes we got oh Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> yeah, i haven't seen it but i've been meaning to every time i uh there's a video rental place called cinephile in la <laughs> shout out cinephile um every fucking time i go i walk by the jim jarmusch section and i'm like ah fuck i should get coffee and cigarettes but I have these other four pressing movies I need to watch first. Yeah. I feel that, man. I, yeah. I really got to dig into more of him, too. I really love his work. Mm-hmm. And But I think that brings us to a good pivot point for yeah. my choice for this prompt. Um, a film I'd like to watch on the first date is Shiva Baby. Um, All right, it, man. It is a very, very indie movie um, from 2020 or 2021, I guess, depending on when you count its release date having been. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I say very, very indie, that does not mean it is at all, you know, of any lower quality because it's so fucking good. It's one of my favorites of either 2020 or 2021, whichever year you want to consider it. Um, It is directed by Emma Seligman, who was a, or who is a recent NYU grad. um, Oh, cool. And her, yeah, and her thesis was a short film called shiva baby and she then 
took that short film, kind of used it as a proof of concept for this feature film. Um, something I've tried to do with my filmmaking. No success yet, but fingers crossed. Um, and it is about a college student who attends a family shiva, which is a Jewish funeral reception, essentially, mm-hmm. where she is accosted by her relatives, outshined by her ex-girlfriend, and comes face-to-face with her sugar daddy and his family. Um, Dude, so, and the tagline is fire. The te- what's the tagline? Death it's family death style. Death family style. <laughs> so yeah no this movie if if that if that was a hectic uh log line for you it's because this movie's absolutely fucking chaos it's like the same kind of movie like uncut gems where even though it's not an action film it's still a fucking roller coaster edge of your seat mile minute type that's a great comparison because yeah yeah to me it was like (laughs) a horror horror movie it feels like a romantic horror movie that That is a really cool way to put it yeah romantic (laughs) horror movie yeah romantic horror movie or just you know if you want to call it fucking jewish funeral uncut gems um yeah yeah either way it's just it's so stressful and i think the reason why is because you know this shiva in particular which um you know is the main focus of the movie is a melting pot for um, the main character, who's played by Rachel Sennett, um, wicked funny comedian. Um, she was behind a couple viral vines back in the day. I think they were. Oh, vines. cool. Um, yeah, if you ever seen the one where it's just some girl, uh, well, it's her, but she's just like prancing around. She's like, "It's L.A." You know, <laughs> like I'll prop if I show it to you, you probably recognize it. But yeah, it's her. Yeah. She's really fucking funny. Um, she's a fantastic actress, um, and her as the main character you know just kind of being basically attacked from all sides by all of the suboptimal aspects of her life and even though you know it's not really a fun experience and the movie makes it out to be a wicked fucking stressful experience i think it's a for the reason i chose it for a first date film is because you know i think it's just a good i don't want to say light-hearted but you know it doesn't it, you won't walk away feeling depressed from the movie but it's you know it's, i think it's just kind of a good capsulation of everything mm-hmm. you know you kind of said paris jatem was like you know kind of it captures all the sides of love whereas i think shiva baby does that just kind of for life you know mm-hmm. just dealing with family both good and bad dealing with relationships both the super high highs and the wicked low lows um you know just struggling in your own life financially um you know being a student not knowing what to do but you know but also being really confident in yourself at the same time it's just i don't know i think it just kind of captures everything at least when it comes to my life like all of these themes here um feel very relevant to me and that's kind of why i chose it for a first date film i think it just does a good job of you know, like I would show this movie to someone to kind of see if we're on the same level. You know what I yeah. mean? Does that make sense? No, that, that makes complete sense. I also think it's a film where afterwards you can just talk about it for so long. I mean, you can oh, go on and absolutely. on. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a conversation starter because you can talk about like, oh, my mom is overbearing in the same exact way or, oh, I had a very similar situation with my girlfriend. It ended up like this or you know, it's just, yeah. you know, it, there's just so many parallels and it just, it feels so poignant. It feels so personal. 
Um, yeah, even though it's like a Jewish film, I mean, it still is extremely relatable. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, and that's any the thing. family gathering. They're all asking like, <laughs> "What you're doing for work?" Or like, "Why are you doing this?" Like, mm-hmm. "Why are you acting this way now?" <laughs> uh, like, "Why are you fatter?" Or "Why are you skinnier?" Like, there's mm-hmm. always somebody commenting on weight. Like, yeah, everybody's always got something to say. Everybody's yeah. a, everybody's a critic. Um, and you know, even though I think this film is. I would imagine, you know, really good representation for Jewish culture. It's still, it's got that universality, universality, mm-hmm. universalness to it. Um, yeah. And so, I, yeah, I just feel like if I was to show this to someone um, and, you know, it resonated with them, um, if they, you know, quote unquote, got it, you know, we would just kind of be very much so on the same page moving forward from there. Yeah. That it's like, sense every scene you just feel so bad for her you're like oh mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah like, she could not get away from going in different rooms that just mm-hmm. like every situation she puts herself in is getting worse and worse every time someone talks to her and the camera motion was a little like a little fast and rapid but it, it works for the film oh yeah i mean you know it exactly complements you know kind of how these conversations are going and you yeah. know it's just kind of you know, it's a very, I don't know if you've seen any movies by Cassavetes, but it's a very, very Cassavetes movie. Mm. Um, it kind of feels like, you know, a Gen Z millennial gray area, whatever the fuck we are, um, interpretation of just kind of like the the circus, the circus acts that his movies are. But with all that said, um, so how do you feel about using this movie to watch on a first date? Here's my thoughts with that level of intensity. I, th- I think every Valentine's Day, a lot of horror films come out mm-hmm. because that's kind of like, I don't know, that's just like a thing yeah, to go a, see a horror a, movie with your yeah, girl. Yeah, it's a, you know? a fun little ride to go on. Yeah, so I think this encapsulates that same feeling you get after a horror movie. <laughs> you know, like like you had like a good scare? <laughs> you do have this like good scare and you're you're like there's so many scenes where you just like cannot breathe you're just like <laughs> yep i felt so anxious watching it mm-hmm. uh, but it was like good anxiousness yeah so, you know, it's it's like the good kind of anxiousness it's like yeah it's it's the thing that movies do where it allows you to kind of you know dip your toes in these feelings without them overwhelming you at all so yeah, yeah. I, I i never really thought of it as you know uh what did you call it? A horror romance? <laughs> yeah, I call it a romantic horror. I was thinking in my head, I was like, what can I say like to make it the opposite of a meet cute? Because she's <laughs> happy before this. Like she thinks uh-huh. everything is going great with this man. Um, yeah. And she has no idea that like about <laughs> his family and his life. And so it's kind of like it's like a meeting a wall or like meeting an accident or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like the a meat crash. I mean, crap. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like everything is going well in her life and she's got yeah. this nice bracelet mm. and like got a nice little sugar daddy and she wants to <laughs> she's got a nice bracelet she does <laughs> <laughs> yeah she wants this to develop like you can kind of get that feeling mm-hmm. and so it's like immediate heartbreak right when she walks through the door mm-hmm. and then uh, it just keeps compiling into what mitchell has now coined a meat crash. <laughs> a meat crash. <laughs> <laughs> it is crash a meat cute. crash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crash cute. <laughs> 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 
it's still a little bit cute. I mean, that's the other thing about this movie too, is that, you know, it still does have a very large romantic aspect to it. I mean, you know, obviously she's not like in love with her sugar daddy, but you know, that's still kind of, you know, it fringes on the edges of, you know, what we consider relationship to be um, in a more romantic sense. And she's also got her ex-girlfriend there who, you know, they're not, fond of each other anymore at this point but you know they'll still kind of talk to each other and they've still got these jokes and you know they clearly kind of have this established rapport and you know i think that's just you know it's a lot more realistic to a real life relationship as opposed to oh yeah we broke up and now we both think we're evil and we just you know don't even acknowledge each other's existence you know what i mean yeah i mean she she thinks she's like she feels so guilty that she can't even hold the baby like she's mm-hmm. like oh god yeah. that scene i <laughs> love that scene man because you can tell that uh whoever plays that actress she does pretty good too the oh, wife uh, yeah diana argon yeah i mean you can tell that her character like is on to something mm-hmm. i mean because she's like finding out clues and clues yeah, it, and yeah then... it's like you're trying to figure it out too because it's like oh she knows wait no she doesn't yes she does no she doesn't it's yeah no it's just and when she's trying to get her to hold the baby to me, that feels like, like she knows she's yeah, like it, fucking know, with her. It, it almost feels like she's fucking with her, but it yeah. also might just be totally innocent. And maybe she's just admitting guilt by feeling guilty in the first place. And oh yeah, no, it's just, it's so, it's a very multifaceted film. And she, you know. she's a girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. The, but, there's a lot of feminine feminism and like jealousy and like i don't know what else to say like envy i don't know from multiple characters Mm -hmm. um yeah no it's just it's every emotion i mean you know it's just kind of one of the one of on my on my letterbox after i saw teton uh which is a movie we'll definitely have to talk about someday um yeah I, my little review on Letterboxd was just like, oh, I think I just felt every emotion, like <laughs> all of them. And I think that kind of applies to Shiva Baby too, albeit in a different way. But, you know, it's just, it's it's every emotion. It's it's all of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the Danny DeFerrari, if I'm saying that right, he he plays Max, the husband, or the, the sugar daddy. And, like, mm-hmm the way he's just like smiling and nodding and just like yeah he kind of like wants to get caught it seems like he doesn't seem that nervous at all i know he's got like that weird kind of like this is hot yeah he's got that weird smug like grimy voyeuristic kind of side to him and then he also also just kind of has like that naive dumb husband side to him it's just you know i think all the actors just did a fantastic job i mean molly gordon as well um, who was Rachel Sennett's character's uh, ex-girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you know, just all the comment. Everybody has something to say about every situation that occurs in that movie. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, I'm sure you and I have both been in plenty of situations where it's like, oh, how are you How are you and so-and-so getting along? And, you know, the last thing you want to do is talk about it. So you try to give, you know, a, you know, a uh, just kind of like a passing answer, like, oh, we're good. And then they just keep pestering you. And it's just, ugh. It's, yeah it's a very related way exactly yeah. it's a very relatable movie and for me that's kind of why i would watch it on a first date while it you know it kind of has that romantic aspect to it um 
it kind of like you said kind of has that effect of a horror movie where it's like you know it's a it's an exhilarating ride to go on but you still feel okay afterwards it's your blood pumping yeah it gets your blood pumping but it's not like you know it's not like a bergman movie that's gonna make you like hate yourself afterwards (laughs) yeah that's the other thing too is this is like a short very short film oh 78 minutes which is relieving you know it's fucking perfect we need more short movies man it also adds to the like it also adds to the that fast-paced feel the film has like because it is so short oh it's fast the whole time and then even the film itself is fast it's like Mm -hmm. yeah but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like there's any less movie here if anything it feels like there's more here than Mm -hmm. in like lots of other fucking two hour and 20 minute movies i've seen yeah i think a first date movie do not listen to our advice here do not pick a anything longer than two hours (laughs) just yeah because if you're watching a movie you know especially if you're in like a theater you can't really fucking talk to each other oh for real yeah yeah theater well actually while while we're on the subject uh you know first date movies i've got a little story to tell um Mm -hmm. i went on a first date a couple months ago and i forget exactly why i think like our initial plans didn't pan out or something but uh she and i are both you know really into movies and we both had the father um on our watch list which is a movie about a uh an aging man with Alzheimer's. Um, (laughs) And for whatever reason, we thought it was a good idea to see that. (laughs) So we went out to dinner in a movie and the dinner was good. And the movie was the father. (laughs) And, you know, it's a weird feeling to be walking out of the theater um, and just be like, okay, what the fuck do we talk about now? let alone like <laughs> man i am just not in the mood to fucking like be romantic because i just saw this fucking you man. walk out of the theater you're like i forgot that entire movie <laughs> <laughs> oh you walk out like man it's really fun hanging out with you tonight we should go see the father sometime <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> But yeah, that that is it's a very heavy movie. It's not a movie that feels good. It's not a movie that ends well. It's a good movie, but it just makes you kind of want to just sit and just not exist for a little bit. And so, you know, walking out of that theater afterwards, like, you know, she and I were still having an engaging conversation, but it wasn't like we weren't fucking skipping out of the theater, holding hands <laughs> and smooching each other or anything. No, no. So, yeah, I'll have to check that out. I'm, I just put it on my watch list. Oh, it's yeah, kinda... it's fantastic. Um, I would offer you the Blu-ray alongside all of these other movies we talk about. But alas, yeah, the country is vast. I wanted to ask what like your other selections would have been. Unless you want to keep talking about the film, we could keep going. Um, no, well, actually, I do want to talk about, because initially my pick was going to be Shithouse. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Have you seen Shit House? I have. I actually love a song that's in it. I Which song? The... <sighs> cherry picking, I think. Oh, so it has the word cherry in it. I know that. <laughs> it narrows it down. How many it's the scene where in the they're in the bathroom and the song is playing. They play like the entire song. Um, okay, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think it's called cherry picking or something. But yeah, Shithouse was originally going to be my first pick. It was kind of the first pick that came into mind. Um, Mm -hmm. I ended up not choosing it because I felt like that movie's not vanilla by any means. In fact, it's 
it dives a lot deeper than probably any college movie I've seen and certainly deeper than most rom-coms out there. Um, but for this prompt, I just kind of, I felt like on a first date, I would want to choose something that, you know, just breaches a few more subjects. Just, just cause like I said, you know, the reason I would show Shiva baby is just because, you know, if I show that to a movie and that person really gets it, it's like, okay, you and I are on the same page. We both kind of have similar, you know, experiences, similar thought patterns. We're probably, you know, at least somewhat compatible. Yeah. Shit house would be like, Oh yeah, it's a great movie. But I feel like still afterwards, it could still be like either way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. The your review of Shit House is what made me watch it in the first place, and I, I loved it. Oh too. no way, really? Yeah, I, I read your review. I was like, damn, all right, I'll watch this. Oh and... man, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> what did I say about it? You said it was the best college movie you've seen, so I was like, all right, I'll give yeah. this a shot. I, I, I would say that's correct because I mean, I'm trying to think of what other good college movies there are because you know, so many college movies are just like you know, they just feel not only stereotypical, but they just feel like real cheesy, cheesy and almost demeaning in a way. It's just, you know, they act like all these college kids that they're about are just kind of like these one note, like kids. Whereas, you know, when you go to college, like, you know, you're fucking, you're 18 years old. And while there certainly are like a lot of people you meet in college who haven't grown up, like most people we meet, you know, they've been through some shit. They're, you know, on a mission being there in the first place, it's like, you know, they're fucking adults at that point. Yeah. So it, it really felt like it treated its characters as not only adults, but just like real people. Yeah. It, it, it was a very like real, real film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very real movie. It's a, uh, I think it's very uplifting too. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of sad parts, but um, you know, I think it's just, it kind of, you, you walk away from it with a very positive mindset. Um, yeah and i definitely i i feel like i wish i had seen it a little bit earlier in college yeah that that would be a good one to talk about eventually if we do a full episode on yeah uh, i i I thought about shithouse for uh our film you watch in high school yeah um, that that would work for that too i I thought about that too but i think never rarely sometimes always was just you know no fucking contest also i'm so happy i got to see that film because of this shithouse or never rarely Never rarely. Yeah. Like, because if it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't have seen it. I pr- or at yeah. least for a while. I'm yeah. so glad. I try to get, you know, fucking everybody to watch that movie. Yeah. it's like, you know, sometimes people ask you like, oh, what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite movie of the last year? And, you know, sometimes they ask because they're curious what your favorite is. But sometimes mm-hmm. they're kind of really asking like, what should I watch? So I'll tell them like, oh, if you're asking me because you want a recommendation, let me give you a fucking recommendation. <laughs> and then tell them about never rarely. Yeah. I was thinking either, like, obviously Before Sunrise is one of the most, like, quintessential mm-hmm. romance films, but mm-hmm. I felt like that was too, like, that's already talked about too much. It's got yeah. enough. Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be, it'd be like me picking, like, Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, fucking, we know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was um, born in 97, <laughs> Titanic came out in 97, I was probably fucking conceived to titanic <laughs> yeah man and then like chunking express because i'd just seen that mm. recently but i feel like i need to let that fester a little bit more or anything from Wong Kar Wai would work because all of his films are so romantic yeah um, yeah they are they, i've only <laughs> seen in the mood for love but oh yeah oh boy 
<laughs> yeah, man. And then after already have seen seeing uh, these two films, I wish I would have chose E2 Mama Tabien because that film is fucking crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, I saw. Um, it's actually funny. Uh, you watched it on the same day that me and this girl I mentioned before, uh, we're going to go see it together in the theater. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. we didn't go. I forget why. Why didn't we go? Oh, we didn't go because like the seats, the there weren't very, very many seats left. And mm-hmm. we would have had to sit in like the front, front row. So we were just like, ah, fuck that. We'll do something else. But then, you know, I log on Letterboxd and saw you just watched it. And now it's in <laughs> your top four on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. Immediately got to place it there. It's so good, man. It's so good. It's so good. It's that's, you know, that's another I mentioned earlier, Shiva Baby kind of. And you mentioned with uh, Pai. Um, both of them you know just kind of encapsulate life very well i think you know e2 mama tambien does that in terms of like how to like capture life in a movie you know yeah it's also just a great title because you don't get to know why it's called that until like the end yeah (laughs) towards the end yeah i mean you know the phrase itself it's like you know you kind of understand the connotations it would be used in but you don't (laughs) you don't fully you don't get the picture yet how it relates to these characters Oh, oh man yeah it's great have you seen roma i haven't yet but i know oh, that he directed that film i yeah. if you like e2 mama tambien uh you will love roma you'll nice. probably love it just as much yeah cool you know, roma's fantastic i would i actually roma i almost said for a movie i wish i watched in high school because i think it's just such a good example of how to portray life on film like you know there's lots of books and classes out there like how to tell a good story but for the question of how do you take something as dynamic and intangible and experiential as life and distill it in a very reductive way into Mm -hmm. a film and i think roma probably does that best i'll have to put that i mean it's been on my watch list for so long Mm -hmm. Again, again, I'd offer you the (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray. Another one that I would have picked, again, just from recent watches, is Dogfight. It came out in 91. Have you heard of that film? I don't think I'm familiar. Tell me about it. It is about um, a a whole, like, group of Marine Corps people, like, ship into, uh, what's it called, San Francisco, I think? Um, And they do this thing called a dogfight where they all put down money together and try to find the ugliest girl and bring her back to the bar. Um, And whoever brings the ugliest person wins all the money, like the pool. What Um, the fuck? And it's got River Phoenix in it. And uh, Lily Taylor and River Phoenix is like, he brings this girl and he ends up like falling for her. Oh, it's like, it's really good though. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I'm that. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. That sounds good. Yeah, it's like a good shallow hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, man! I haven't thought about shallow hell in fucking ten, not even fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, man, I, that's the best way I could put it. I'm like, all right, like we've heard this story before about like, all right, like he falls in love with who she is, but yeah, there, it's like so. It's beautifully shot, man. And it's also directed by a woman. Which we don't get to see that a lot. Directed it. Her name's Nancy Savoka. I don't think I'm familiar with her. I'm gonna have to fucking check this out. What's it called? Dogfight. Dogfight. It came out in '91. Yeah, it's Dogfight. all one word. Hell yeah. yeah! I am going to add this 
to my watch list right now. Hell yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about oh, does it from us today. We um, have one question to answer. The one question to answer. <laughs> yeah. Does Do these work as a double feature? No. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, I think in our last episode, never rarely, sometimes always, and being John Malkovich, um, they're so fucking different. But I think they're so different in the way where it's kind of like a horseshoe where they end up being so they end up being similar because they're so fucking different. Yeah. Um, this I don't think is the case. I think there's just uh, there's just not a lot of common ground. I mean, yeah, they both got a romance aspect, but like. It's, it's now at this point 19 stories you know so it's like you can't really do <laughs> that's that too many stories <laughs> that's too many stories for one 18 night. is my limit <laughs> what i would recommend is i think most of the short films are online like individually on youtube so you could watch mm. all of them alone and like there yeah. are certain ones that you could just pull and watch so yeah no, the even ones we talked just... about today are worth it yeah, you yeah. can even show them as like, you know, just a little like, oh, hey, let me show you this quick short film, even if you're not mm-hmm. on a date, even if you're just hanging out with some friends. Um, oh, my gosh. Not to go off topic again, but no, I can't please wait do. to go see all the Oscar nominated short films because they start oh, playing at the, yeah. on the 25th and I try Hell to do yeah. it every year. They're yeah. probably shown somewhere around here. I'll have to go check them out. Um, yeah. But so if we're if you don't recommend, if neither of us recommend a, uh, a double feature for uh, Paris Shatem and Shiva Baby. Are there any movies in particular you think would work well as a double feature with I think Paris it's easier to compare to, not to Paris Shatem, but to compare to Shiva Baby. Mm. Um, let me let me go through my like my, my library for a minute here. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk and fill yeah, the empty sh- space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think definitely uncut gems. Um, oh, yeah. I know, yeah. If you kind of want to just have like a... Uh, you know, if you, if you just want to sweat bullets for a night and have this big fucking crazy coked out experience, <laughs> I think both of them work well, work well for just, you know, a fucking roller coaster of a double feature. I think that would be really, it would be exhausting. It'd be absolutely exhausting, but I think it would be really fun. Um, and then also with Shiva Baby, I think I would definitely pair it, um, you know, with anything from Cassavetes. Um, you mm. know, a lot of filmmakers try and do Cassavetes. And, you know, there's something to be said about whether you can really even do Cassavetes in the first place. But, you know, I think if any film were to actually achieve that, it would probably be Shiva Baby. So I think watching this alongside with something like um, A Woman Under the Influence, where you have a character who's in very, very different, uh, you know, familial and social and very different circumstances from... uh, main character shiva baby they're still kind of on that same you know trying to defend all fronts at once kind of just attack their own lives are imploding on them um and you know kind of how they deal with that their victories in dealing that with that um their failures in dealing with that i think you know it's it's one of those movies where if we were to talk about the two of them together we would just be rattling off all these really really niche similarities about the two of them so I would love to do a double feature with Shiva Baby and Uncut Gems or Shiva Baby and Woman Under the Influence. I like that. I like that. I think I have my pick. I yeah. would replace Paris Chatain with Climax. 
Oh, yep, yep. That's the same same fast paced vibe and feel to it. It's that same kind of sub sub genre of like (laughs) fucking like you buckle up at the beginning and then you don't stop until it ends. I mean, yeah, you know, any movie that has the fucking opening credits halfway into the goddamn (laughs) movie is going to be insanity. Yeah, it's got. It's also pretty short, ninety-seven minutes. So, it's got that. Is, it's just super is climax fast really ninety-seven minutes? Yeah, it is. I swear yeah. to God, I thought that movie was like three fucking hours long. <laughs> I think no, back man. to watching it, and I feel like I just fucking went down the rabbit hole for like an entire night. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's got that similar, just super fast pace, like can't look away mm. vibe. But oh, similar okay. to Uncut Gems too. That's another great one to pair yeah, with. Yeah, un- Uncut Gems and Climax might actually might be a uh, might even. I don't, I don't want to say better, but more. They might be a little bit more similar. Those would Uncut Gems and Climax would work really fucking well as a double feature. Yeah, that's like a, a cokehead's wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> Coke with a little bit of spiked punch thrown in the mix yeah man (laughs) shit man all right i think we're we're cool to call it here i'm i'm excited for our next one yeah yeah we'll have we'll hop off this podcast now and get to discuss in the next episode (laughs) thank you everybody for checking out the fox dem film club uh yeah thanks for listening feel free to follow us on letterboxd feel free to uh I guess just follow us on Letterboxd each. I don't know if we have any socials yet, but <laughs> one we day we Fox, will. We do and have a Fox Den Film Club Instagram and Twitter, I think. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to go follow them, which means you, yeah. the viewer, should as well. By the time you hear this, it will have content on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we promise. <laughs> we just have the domains. Okay, yeah. sick. <laughs> Great. <laughs> cool all right all right keep it locked listening everybody cue the cool outro music that just kind of fades (laughs) in now Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.